gathering. There were a couple of men there, and we were talking to one of the men. And he was just, this guy loves Jesus with all his heart. And he was just talking about, he doesn't know his place. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He doesn't know, you know, the Bible talks about, we're going to look at a couple of verses today, where, where he fits in what his purpose is. So he's doing one thing, but that's not really what he wants to do. He knows that's not really God's place for him. And, and I'm finding this more and more as I go around, and especially in the prison system and, and teach, uh, preaching in some more churches that a lot of people don't really know. If you ask them the age-old question, what is God's purpose for you? A lot of people can't really answer that. And they can't say 100% with certainty, this is why I was born, this is what I'm called to do, this is my vision and mission in life. And they can't do that. You've got this guy who's in love with Jesus, and he has the same issue. He doesn't know. He's doing one thing, but knows there's some, he knows there's something more that he's not doing, and, and he's not fulfilling God's whole plan and purpose for his life. And it's sad to me to see someone who loves God that much to not know God's perfect will for their life. And they're grappling and they're trying to reach this place that God has created and destined for them to live out. So we're going to look a little bit into that today. I believe all the scriptures today that we'll go through, there's nothing new. I don't think there'll be one scripture here that we haven't gone through already as a church. So we're going to look at that. But standing there with this guy, Casey was also there, and he was talking about he wants to be a minister. He wants to preach, but he's not a traditional minister. He's not a traditional preacher. So Jan and Casey kind of looked at me and looked at this guy and looked at me again. And Traditional minister, well, you know. But then Casey opened his big mouth, and he said, well, rifle is very traditional in certain areas, you know. So I thought, this is going to be good. So he says, one thing about rifle, you know that every sermon he finishes on time. That's very traditional. <laughs> he finishes on time. He never goes over time. So I have like 40 minutes to get through this so that I can finish on time and end in my traditional ways. So it's funny to hear what other people say behind your back when you're not there, you know. <laughs> So my friend from South Africa, we were at, at university together. Um, he opened a church in South Africa, and it's very successful. They, they've just opened now, and he sent me a video clip of the, the grand opening of their church, and they have 26 cultures in this church. And uh, it's amazing to see black and white in peace in South Africa sitting at his church. And as I say, we started off together absolutely knowing nothing. We were, man... We were so bad concerning the word of God and knowing anything. It's just phenomenal. So now he has his own big church, and he's a pastor, and uh, he just stuck with it. From when we got saved, he stuck with the word, and he's just stayed with the basics, and God has elevated him, and he has a big church now in South Africa. But when he sent me this clip, his heading was, are you fighting the wrong battle? Are you fighting the wrong war? And as soon as, it's just a three-minute clip, but as soon as I saw the heading, the Holy Spirit just arrested my mind, and I knew that was what I was supposed to speak on today. Are you fighting the wrong battle? His message was different than mine, but just the heading of that just grabbed me. So I want to look at us today concerning your place in the body. 
where you fit your purpose. Do you know what you were called to do? Are you doing the right thing? Are you doing that God's way or are you doing it the world's way? Are you fighting the right battle? Because when we fight the right battle, we know that God is on our side and the word says that in Christ we have the victory in all circumstances and situations. But many times we fight on our terms the way we think is right, not according to the word, and then God is not in that if we do things our way and not his way. His way is proven. His way is right. His way is what will win every single time. In him we have the victory. So we want to look at that today. So what is God's will for my life? Have any of us ever asked that question or had to answer that? I'm sure we've been in that situation, each and every one of us. So this past week, just to confirm what God was telling me, I got an email from Officer Kim That's the officer who organized the police. Um, Remember, we spoke about the gathering last Saturday. It was amazing. And so many people from our church helped out there. It was wonderful to see a lot of people out there and just helping and people coming from all over the area. But it was sad to see it one day. Jamie and I were walking to go and get tables out of his truck, and I saw this one table over there. So I walk up to the table, and I thought they were snacks. Jamie laughing already. I thought they were snacks, so I walked up to the table looking what they were, and I said, I, I, I took one. It's, it's, a, it's a nice little round package thing. So I, I picked it up. I said, what are these? Thinking sweets or chips or... He says, they condoms. I said, oh, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So he says, you need any, you know, sexual, and he's going on, and I'm thinking to myself... This is a place where we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have people, because we are not doing what the word says, we have people that are, they allow, I mean, I'm not saying, but but people advertising sexual, you know, classes and, and what you, and take this, and if you sleep around, this is what you do. And I'm thinking, man, there's a stage 50 meters from you that is preaching the truth. That is absolutely the will of God. And and if we follow what those people on stage say, you won't need these things. We won't have to talk about diseases and sicknesses and all of these things and take this pull and take this because if we do what God says is right, things will work out right. But in any case, I've got this email from Officer Kim, and this is what it said. In life, we are always going to have critics. We'll always have difficult people who try to upset us and steal our peace and joy. But you don't have to respond to every critic. You can decide to take the high road and let God fight your battles for you. And then she added a scripture, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. And when we let the Lord fight our battles for us, in other words, what he says is right, we do, then he fights for us. When we do what he tells us is right, he fights for us. He brings the victory. He is the victory. He makes justice and righteousness happen when we follow what he tells us to do. So that's what I want to talk about today is just when we talk about your place in God, how do you approach that, you know? Let's read here. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 19. Nothing new. For as the body is one and has many members, 
but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would, the, where would be the hearing? If the, whole, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they are all one member, where would the body be? So in other words, according to this verse, the truth of this verse means each and every one of us have been placed in the body according to God's perfect will. If we go according to this verse, we believe the Bible and this verse in the word says that each and every one of us have a specific place. You're a body part. You may be an eye, they talk about smelling, ears, seeing, whatever, but each and every one of us have a function in the body. And now the problem is when I move around, so many people do not know their function in the body and now things are not working. But my question is, how do we go after the function that we are supposed to do? Do we go after that as finding out what we are supposed to do because we don't know what we are doing? Or do we look for our position out of our oneness with Christ? Do we find our place in the body because we are already his body? We are one with him. He who has been, we've been joined to Christ, one spirit with the Lord. So do we look for our position out of our oneness with him? Or do we approach this, what part am I from? Somebody being outside of the body, trying to get in and find myself. Or have I already found myself in Christ? And now because Holy Spirit always teaches, always counsels, always comforts, when I am in Christ, I just need to listen and be the body, and then I will find the place that I'm supposed to be, rather instead of reinventing the wheel. And a lot of us are from the outside of Christ, even though we are His body trying to find our position. When we are seated in heavenly places, joined, we are one spirit with the Lord, and he's already made a good place, a good path, a good work, Ephesians 2 verse 10. It's already there. So when I step into him, that good place, that good position, that body part that I was created to be is already there, and all I have to do is walk in that. But I walk in that out of my oneness with him because he's already made it available to me. And we're approaching that, I think, from a wrong point of view. So, every action is rooted in a thought that produced it. Say that again. Every action is rooted in the thought that produced the action. So, our actions, when we try to find this place that we fit or where we should be, 
The thought behind it, is it a thought of I am one with him, therefore he will show me, therefore he's leading and guiding me into that? Or is the thought pattern something that we think and have a mindset of us from the outside trying to get to a God who's so far away and one day he will show us and he will let us know it's completely two different ways of thinking. And our actions, we every day, do our actions come from thoughts of oneness with Christ? Or do our actions come from us serving a God who is out there or an angry God or a God who's not involved in the small things in our life or a God that doesn't hear all our prayers? Because if we come from an action that is born from a thought that I am one with him, then we don't have to have fear, jealousy, malice, bitterness, all these things that humans battle with every day that's out there because of our oneness in love. Him being for us, us being for him. My heart is sold out to him. It's him and me. I'm the beloved, he's mine. All of that is true. Is that the mindset that I come from when I'm trying to find my place? And once you walk in that, I've never seen, they made a movie, there was a shark that was a vegetarian. I can't remember. (laughs) Can you remember? What was that movie called? Shark Tale. Have you ever seen a squirrel running up a tree and shaking off fear because he's going too high? Have you ever seen an eagle flying and saying, oh my goodness, this is too high, I can't do this, I can't do this, I've got to go down? Have you ever seen a cheetah running so fast and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull my hamstring, I've got to slow down, I shouldn't be doing this? <laughs> Everything in nature does what it was created to do with such ease and such glory. Have you ever seen a lion roar? And he's thinking, I hope there's not a hyena close by. (laughs) But why do we, God's crown, God's most beloved part of creation, his body, why do we sometimes do things and we're scared or we go out there and, and we're not living the way we were supposed to live as the crown of his creation. But you can see sharks, lions, snakes. I mean, everything in nature, when you see them, man, they just do it and they shine with ease because they're doing what they were created to do. And when we can start doing what we were created to do out of our oneness with him, because we have now that we are the body of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is also referred to as the Spirit of truth. So the only thing that Holy Spirit can make come to pass is truth. That's all. Because he's called the Spirit of truth. He can't bless anything else. He can't make something which is not truth come to pass because he's called the spirit of truth. So if it's a lie, if it's not truth, if it's not real, if it, he can't make that happen. So if I am one with Christ, I am his body seated in heavenly places, and I should now find out what I am called to do, I have the spirit of truth in me who counsels, leads, guides, comforts, teaches. He's the teacher. 
not sickness and disease and poverty and all these bad things. The spirit of truth that Jesus said, I will send one just like me and he will lead, he will guide, he will teach. Go back into the gospels and look at Jesus, how he taught. People flocked to him. People who shouldn't have, people who disobey, they wanted to be where he was because he was just so good, so loving, so kind. Came to show them something that they've never seen before. And that spirit dwells on the inside of us right now. So I believe, I'm talking about me now, should I get on the wrong path, that Holy Spirit is going to be there because he's the spirit of truth and he's going to say, Rifle, this is a wrong path. You're taking a wrong path. Turn a little, go this way. And then I can just obey and I can get back on the path and say, okay, here we're on the right path again. So many people have so much fear of what if I'm doing the wrong thing and they're not trying at all? What if I, what if I get out of line? Well, the spirit of truth will tell you that you're out of line and he will reveal to you where your line is, where your place is. What if I do something that I wasn't called to do? Well, you're probably doing that right now if you're asking that question. <laughs> so if he is the spirit of truth and he's the teacher and he's the counselor, is he not going to do all three of those things when I step out of line? And because he's a good father, he's going to teach me in a good and a loving and a kind way. And all I have to do is recalculate and just go back to where he's telling me what is the right path. But all of that comes out of my oneness with my Lord and Savior, my head of the body, which I am. According to the Bible, we have been born from above. We need to keep, set your mind on things above. That's what the word says. 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have. We have the mind of Christ. Could you, I know this is silly, but I mean, I think about this. Can you imagine Jesus waking up the day that, that he went to Jairus' house and the woman with the issue of blood? Can you imagine Jesus waking up and and being fearful about doing the wrong thing that day. Because he was just so with the Father that wherever he went and whatever came his way, he handled it out of his oneness with the Father. And you've got Jairus who's saying, please come to my house, my daughter's dying, and you've got this woman with an issue of blood and telling him all about the 16 years and going on and on and on. Can't you just see the enemy trying to get to Jesus? What are you going to do? You've got, you got to go to Jairus. You're going to have, well, what? Now, which one is the will of God? Should you be there? Should you? I don't read it in the word of God, Jesus being stressed out or what should I be doing at all because of his oneness with God. And I think the enemy sometimes comes to us and we face a lot of pressure and we have stress because we don't know where we should be going. We don't know what we should be doing because we are not in that oneness with our Lord and Savior. And out of that, should I be going somewhere and it's wrong? He will say to me, Rifle, I'm the spirit of truth. This is the wrong path. This is not truth for you. It may be true for somebody else, but not for you. So go and find your truth. Let's get back to your place. We have 
the mind of Christ. And when Jesus came, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to show the people what it looks like to be in relationship with the Father. And we have that very same mind and the very same spirit that was baptized, that baptized and came upon him, we have on the inside of us. Why would we then feel pressure or what am I supposed to do or if we are living out of our oneness with Christ? My gym has about 30 televisions. So I watch TV every day. I go to the gym seven days a week. And it to me is amazing that because the sound is off, so I've just got the, the words, you know, what do you call that, the writing at the bottom. And the same situation, the exact same circumstance is being spoken about, discussed. But you would think that it's completely something different that the different television stations are focusing upon because of the ideas, opinions of different news channels or people that are talking about the very same thing. And so many times what happens is because we live in this 24-7, it's on the news, it's in the paper, it's everywhere we go, because people come and they give their idea and they have to just say what they think and what they feel, that, that creeps into the body of Christ as well, and we become what we see all the time. And you can look at, here. Yeah, I've just written a few things down, I'll go through maybe one or two of them for time's sake, but man, it is just... It's, it's, to me, it's shocking that the same circumstance can have two such polarized opinions and that a person can be looking at the very same thing but saying so, so, so many different things. How do you get to that point where you are looking at the same thing but completely disagreeing about good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no? How do you get to that point? How is it possible that even just human beings can disagree so much by looking at the very same thing. One of my favorite ones, and, and since I've taught last time up until now, I don't know if it's just because of the law of attraction that I'm looking for this now, but it is, it's just everywhere. So here's one example. The USA soccer team, ladies, national team, they play against Korea, uh, sorry, sorry, Thailand, and they beat them 13-0. Biggest score ever in the World Cup, 13-0. And every single goal that the ladies scored, they celebrated as if it was the final goal in the World Cup, and they won the World Cup. So 13 goals are celebrated 13 goals are absolutely just as if it were the best goal in the whole world, as if they've just won the gold medal. And now as soon as the game is finished, dear Lord, now out comes everyone. They should be doing this. They shouldn't be doing this. How can you do that? Well, it's a World Cup. Well, how? they've worked so hard. Well, and now people are saying things and people are fighting and people are getting aggro and people, everyone has their point of view. Everyone has to say what they think is right. Now, please get my point here. 
When that game is over and they have won 13-0, do you know that you can't go anywhere to find a rule that tells you how to celebrate after you've won 13-0? There's no rule book. There's no interpretation that tells you this is how you handle and deal with a circumstance like that. There's no search engine that you can go and type in whatever that will tell you how to deal with this circumstance. There's no interpretation in soccer that tells you how to. There's no rule book that tells you after so many goals, you, you, you kind of calm it down. Once you've reached so many goals, you don't celebrate at all. You actually look sad that you've scored. There is nothing like that. So my point here is every single person that said something or had something to say about the way that America won and how they celebrated, it was purely opinion. Doesn't matter whether they won 13 or won them, it, it, it does not matter. Yet so much time, so much energy, so much effort, so much fighting, so much my way, not your way, strife. So much went into that. And at the end of the day, brother and sister, it was purely, purely based on someone's opinion. And that's creeping into the body of Christ. Opinion. Opinion. And what is opinion? It's your personal lens. It's your personal viewpoint of how you see a certain circumstance or situation. And you don't know who, uh, I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I have no opinion on, on how to celebrate after 13. It's, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm glad America won. It's wonderful. But at the end of the day, does it really matter? At the end of the day, could we use that time to do something more productive? Could we have done something better with our energy than going about the 13 mil and how it should have been handled? Because it's just based on your own personal viewpoint, how you grew up, your mindset, your neurological pathway. And I can go on and on and on the examples here. I mean, just, just the other day, just before July 4th, Nike comes out with a flag on the back of a shoe, a Betsy Ross flag. Someone there must have thought it's a good idea. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put so much money and effort into it. They make the shoe. A man by the name of Colin Kaepernick comes and he says, no, that's not a good idea. He says it's going to offend people. It's not nice. You should take it off. He's Nike spokesperson. Once again, there's no book that you and I or anyone can go to to say it's right, it's wrong. I, I'm not saying who's right or wrong. It doesn't matter. It's not my opinion. But once again, you know that that whole saga, that whole thing was based purely on opinion. How do you see that flag on the back of the shoe? That's your opinion. That's your viewpoint, your mindset, how you see it. And that has also caused so much talk. And now, I mean, I have, I have a list here of President Trump meeting with Kim Jong-un, 
the 4th of July celebration, uh, the soccer game, celebrating a goal by drinking a cup of tea, cryptocurrency, is it good, is it bad? I mean, you can go on and on and on, and it's purely, purely opinion and not based on truth of the word of God. So now what happens in the kingdom is because these days a lot of people are coming into the kingdom, a lot of people are new to this thing, and there's so many viewpoints. Even in churches, we have the same book, but we have different viewpoints and different opinions. So someone who comes into the kingdom, for example, who had a very, very overbearing mom and dad, had to stay by the rules. You will do this, you will do that. And everywhere they went, they were checked. Everywhere they went, they were told what to do. This is what you do. They were beaten. This is, this is love. This is what you do. This is what you do. And they come into the kingdom, and now all of a sudden, when they become reborn and they hear about God the Father being a loving, kind Father, what is their revelation of God the Father at that stage? They come into the kingdom, and now they find out about this loving dad And that's all they can speak about because it's their revelation at that stage that God is kind, he's loving, he's gentle, he's not like my dad. Yet on the other hand, you have someone who comes into the kingdom and at their house, they could do whatever they wanted. Parents said, we love you, go ahead, we'll do, you know, doesn't matter. Go to bed when you want, don't have to study hard, just do what you want. Just as long as you're happy, whatever makes you happy, just do it. And now they get reborn and they come into this kingdom and they find out, wow, God put certain guidelines in place for our lives. God tells us, this is good, this is bad, I should be doing this, I shouldn't be. And now when they come into the kingdom, what do you think their revelation is about the Father? So now, because there are so many opinions and we get thrown into this, as soon as someone says, man, I'm a slave of God, someone says, no, 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 I'm free. No, 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 I'm a son. And now it's opinion and opinion and opinion. Meanwhile, we're all the body. And we want to correct and we want to tell people and give them our opinion of, and maybe your viewpoint is just completely different because you came from a completely different background. But the Bible says that God has placed in the body for each member. How big is God? Do you think God can get across to everyone what they're supposed to do? Do you think God can speak to someone out of their oneness, the place and the position that he has for them? So can we, out of our oneness with him, allow somebody to be maybe a bit different and have a different revelation in us, but still in love? We don't have to all the time say what is right, what is wrong. and It would be better maybe if we love the person where they are because maybe just we come from a different background. We have a different revelation. And there's so much opinion in the body. And opinion comes from your personal point of view, how you were raised, what you grew up with, what is right and wrong to you. But even the word, I mean, we can't put God in a box So someone has a revelation of, yes, it's good to be structured and do this, and another one has a revelation of, I'm free in Christ. I'm a son. I've been adopted into this family. I don't have to act. I don't have to do good. Yes, both of those are right. Both of those are true. I mean, you can go read a couple of scriptures here. Paul writes in the Bible. Uh, Romans 6. 
And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Yeah, I'm a slave for God. Oh, goodness, who wants to be a slave? I want to be a son. Slaves are. But that's what the Bible says. Paul says, I'm a slave. Okay, so Paul, now, okay, let, let's carry on. Another place, Galatians 6. Paul says, for you are all sons of God. Well, Paul, you just said you're a slave. Now you're a son. Which one is it? And now we want to, instead of just out of our oneness with him, allow everyone to be there part of the body that God has called them to be. Allow them to walk out who they are supposed to be in love without having to say, this is my opinion, this is how I see it, this is, and get involved in something that is not godly at all. And like I say, God is so big, how are you going to ever know everything that God is doing and everything he's put? Because we can't see one another's hearts, but God can. And you can just see, man, when people are doing what they're supposed to do, it works. People, it works. Can you see this man on stage here? He spits and speaks and jumps on the chairs and shouts out loud. He just loves what he's doing, and he's doing what he's called to do, and it works. And he's good at that. You see the worship team this morning, how they bring in. There's the leader sitting there. Doesn't have to be on stage every Sunday because she's the leader. It's just she can sit and relax and help other people step up and become leaders because she knows she's doing what God has called her to do. And when we can find our place and and we can help others because we don't have to do everything, the body grows and the body becomes stronger and more people find their place because I'm not so worried about my position and my My oneness with him, you cannot take what God has given to me and put aside for me. I don't care who you are. You can't take it from me. You can't. You may be more gifted, more talented, have more money, better looks, more hair. I don't care what it is. (laughs) But what God has put aside for rifle, you cannot take from rifle. And I rest in that. And I found my place. And in prison, so many of the men and women are like, how do you know what you're supposed to do? What do you do? I'm a teacher. That's, That's just me. I teach. I enjoy teaching. There are very few things that bring me as much joy and pleasure as teaching. And people asking, well, how do I know my? How do I know my place? What should I be doing? How do I get to your place? How is your oneness with Christ? How's your every day being one with him? Because if the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, he's talking to us right now. Maybe, just, maybe we're not listening. It could be that side of the coin. He's talking. He is the spirit of truth. And once I step and live out of my oneness with him, I am his body. He loves me. He has a place. There is an Ephesians 2 verse 10 path for me already before Adam and Eve walked in the garden of Eden. And because he's so good, he's going to do everything he possibly can to get that good work to me and let me know what it is. And I rest in my good father and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth leading and guiding me into that place. And should I get off of Mark, then I just go to back to where he's telling me to go. So, every coin has two sides. Big revelation there. (laughs) 
and depending on what side you look on, has a huge impact on your life because of the way the mind works. Let me ask you this question. Do you hate cancer? Let me finish. More than you love health. Do you hate cancer more than you love life? What side of the coin are you looking on? Because you see, I hate cancer. People are dying and I've got to eat the right food. And because of the junk that we're putting in our bodies, there's cancer everywhere and there's cancer on TV. And people are dying of cancer and cancer is not good. And Where's my mind and energy going? Because listen to me, where thought goes, energy flows. It doesn't matter what you look at, you become. What you behold, you become. What you focus on, you become. So if I focus on how I hate cancer and I'm coming against this, it's, it's not even good for my physical body. Or on the other hand, I can look at health. And man, you know what, with all of these bad foods out there, God in his wisdom must have known that I was going to be alive in 2019 and, and there's certain things that I shouldn't eat. And because he's the spirit of truth, he's going to help me make the right decisions for the food that I eat so that I can be healthy, so that I can fulfill my days, so that I can be there for my children and my grandchildren. And I'm healthy and I love life and he blesses my bread and my water. And I'm, what side of the coin are you looking at? So, what side of the coin are you looking at? I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I, I, I know there's a perfect plan, but I don't know what it is. And, and I'm trying, and I'm not doing it, and I hate my job, and I don't want to be I know I should be somewhere else, and this, or, man, there's a place in the body for me. There's a good work that's been set outside before the foundation of the earth. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is even revealing and guiding me towards that now, because he's my teacher every day, and God is busy to do and to work and to will for his good pleasure in me. So every day when I wake up and I'm one with him, he's leading and guiding me to my good place. What side of the coin are you focusing on? Your position in oneness with Christ or not knowing your place, and things are not working, and I wish I could get over there, and why are they so good? And because where energy goes, it comes from a thought that's gone that way. So what are you thinking on? Are we keeping our eyes and our minds on things above, or are we focused on the things down here, and energy's going to the craziness all around us, instead of the goodness that is there that we were told to bring down here to this realm. Five minutes, Casey, I'm going to do it, brother. <laughs> At that very same gathering, I was talking to Brett, and, uh, and that man's got some revelation now. If you have some time, get a meeting with him and sit down and talk to him a little. Let him teach you a bit. And it was so good, and he was saying the other day, he went to gym, and at gym, he spoke to someone about God at the gym for 30 minutes. He thought it was five. He's talking to this person, and he thought five minutes had passed, and 30 minutes had passed. And he said when he walked away there, he realized he was in ecstasy because he was talking about God. And he says, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. And he's a teacher, physical, he teaches school, he's a teacher of the word as well, but 
he out of his own mouth would say, it frustrated me so much not to know my place. And I got so angry because I was not enjoying life. And what does God want me to do? And he doesn't want me. And now he speaks to someone at the gym thinking it's five minutes. Meanwhile, it's 30. And when he turns around, he says, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because he's living out of his oneness with God. Should I go to the gym? Should I not? Should I speak to this person? Should I not? Should I? And we put so much pressure on ourselves because people in the body, and praise God, they do that and they hear and they go, but if I'm in one spirit and oneness with God, wherever I go, he's leading and guiding. And because he is the spirit of truth, he will tell me, don't go there. But until he says, don't go, that's not right. You know what? I can go and I can do Because the spirit of peace, the one who will show us things to come, which will also mean don't go there because that's not your place. He will show that to me. But do I believe that of him? Is that how I view the coin of my place in the body? Or do I view it from a place of being outside of Christ, from a far God? So people keep asking me the whole time, what is God's will for me? And this is so easy. And in prison, they know this verse off by heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I feel you're a teacher and you do so easy for you and you. What do I need to do? How do I know what is God's will for me? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, your oneness with Him. This is His will for you. No, 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 but should I be a doctor? When I should I get a job? Should I be no 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 no? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Forget about being an electrician a painter, a doctor, when I do this, then I allow him out of my oneness into the circumstance so that the spirit of truth can reveal you should be a doctor or an electrician or a lawyer, whatever. And we're trying to get to Z when we should be going to B. And when I go from A to B through, rejoice always. How do I rejoice? that I'm one with you, that there is a perfect path. You know where it is. You've put it there. No one can take that from me. So when you go for a job interview, you're not there to find out if they can give you a job because they can't give you. Your assignment comes from heaven. Your good path has already been set out from heaven before the foundation of the earth. So when you go for a job interview, you're actually there to see if that place is the right place for you so that you can bless them with your presence there because wherever you go, the kingdom of God is there. So stop going into a job interview, not getting a turnaround. Another one failed and I don't know. Turn around and say, thank you for your time. The Lord has something better for me. This is not where he wants me to be. Bless God. Ephesians 2 verse 10 is the truth. That's how you go into a job interview because we look at it. They didn't want me. I've lost it again instead of, you know what, I'm going in here, not arrogant, not pompous, just with confidence that ah, the spirit of truth knows where my place is. 
I'm actually, I'm not going to tell the boss or the CEO or whoever does the interview. I'm not here to tell you face to face. I'm actually here to interview you. But I'll allow you to ask me questions. That's okay, because I'm just a nice guy. And should it not work out because I'm such a nice guy, I will shake hands and say, God bless, thank you very much, but this is not the best place that God has for me right now. Thank you so much for your time. Instead of, oh, there's another one and didn't. Because what are we doing? Rejoice always because there is a good path. Pray without ceasing all the time. I'm so thankful, Lord, for that good place. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, the guide. Always there showing my steps are ordered by the Lord. He's leading me. Man, it's so, I'm always thanking. I'm always praising. In everything, give thanks. I didn't get that job, but thanks, there's a better one for me. And then if we do that, he can lead and guide us to the doctor, the lawyer. In other words, the ear, the eye, the mouth, the nose, the ki- whatever body part he has made you to be. But that comes out of your oneness with him. And when I am one with him and I've seen what he's done for me and I see into the future what he has for me, how can I not rejoice always? How can I not pray without ceasing? How can I not give thanks in everything? Because that is the will of God. So don't try and go from A to Z. Go from A to B. And people don't want to do that because is it that easy? Yeah, that's where we start. Baby steps. So tonight here in prison, you thank God that you heard this word. Tonight in prison, you thank God that you had food. It may have sucked big time, but you got something in your stomach. That's how we start this. Tomorrow when you open your eyes... You open two gifts. Do you know how many people don't even have that privilege of opening eyes to see where they are? So what we're going to do, we're going to rejoice always do this because this is the will of God for you. Let's hold back our opinions and fall into the world system of this is right, this is wrong, because most of the time it's not even based on truth. And let us allow people, according to Holy Spirit's place for them to be who they were, to live out their revelation, and to love them according to the way God sees them as whatever part of the body they are. 12 o'clock, I'm done. (laughs) Taiwan is exactly 12 hours difference from here, so it's 12 o'clock at night, so... Tiffany and Nathan are watching because of jet lag. (laughs) So, if you are here right now, and it's not putting you on the spot, or if you are here and you do not know your place, what you were called to do, and you know you're not walking in exactly what God has for you, I would like you to stand, please. We want to pray with you and for you. If you here and this message resonated with you, that maybe you're not in the place you should be, you're not 100% sure that God has you, doing what you were born to do. Stand to your feet. We want to love on you and bless you and speak truth over you. Doesn't matter how old you are, there's a perfect plan, there's a perfect path. Don't think I'm too old to find that or my years. No, no, no. If you think that you are not doing exactly what God has created you to do and you are not fulfilling His perfect will for your life concerning your place in the body, please stand. We want to pray for you. Forget about the person next to you. This is about you and your place.
Father, we just thank you. Look at all these people standing, Lord. These are your children. This is part of your body. So we just thank you for this word today, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we've just bragged about you so much today. We've just lifted you up and spoke so much about you. We we said because we believe that you lead and guide us into our purpose, into our place. So we just thank you right now for each and every one of these people that you do speak, that you do lead, that you do guide, and out of their oneness with you, they're going to start moving in the direction that you have preordained for them to walk in. And when they find that place and they do what they were called to do, it's just so easy and it works so well. And that others will see and say, how is it possible that what you do just looks so easy and you enjoy it and you love it and you can look back and say, it's my good God. It's part of the body that I was created and destined for. It's because of the teacher that taught me this is my place and we give him all the glory. So today we just come and we thank you, Lord, for moving around the body, your body, us, and replacing positions and places and and, and reshifting, Lord, concerning where we should be, where we have not been, where you want us to be, to be able to fulfill your call on our personal lives, but us as the body of Christ here in Richmond. So we give you this day, we give you ourselves, and we say, place us in your body where you desire, because we want to bring you joy. And because you're a good God, we receive our positions even right now. Whether we're an eye, an ear, leg, a foot, it doesn't matter. It brings you pleasure, and we live to bring you pleasure. So we thank you for placing us in the body according to the place that you smile upon. We give you praise. We give you honor. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful 4th of July weekend that we could have celebrated. We lift up this nation, this country, from the president all the way down. And we agree, Lord, and we say, God bless America. Name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the thanks. Everything we ask, we do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.